Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment. This is episode 116. Uh, You might notice that my co-host and good friend Jim Wiegand is not with us today. Jim is on the road, actually, for the next couple of pods that we're going to be recording. And uh, I know you'll miss him, but I'll do my best to uh, fill his shoes. So we have a special guest with us today, Dr. Ralph Neighbor. I met Ralph, I don't know, maybe a a month ago, a month and a half ago. And uh, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started this morning and just saying, you know, sometimes you meet people. And there's just this sense of, of clicking together. And uh, I feel like uh, when Ralph and I met, met about a month ago, that's exactly what happened. So Ralph, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Well, thank you so much, John. It's an honor to be with you. And I totally agree. Uh, there's some good things that are happening out there. And when God brings two people together, you just know there's something getting ready to happen. <laughs> yeah. And so Ralph, uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk with you about today, and, and uh, it was this whole idea of church re- revitalization. And I know that that is a big part of your assignment, current assignment right now. Correct. But before we jump into that, I always like to get to know our guests and let our, our listeners and our watchers get to know you a little bit. So could sure. you take a minute and tell us a little bit about your story, uh, how you came to Christ and, and things like that? Well, um, uh, I'm a seventh generation pastor mm. and, uh, my, uh, my, my, in fact, my grandfather, uh, founded the church of the open door in Elyria, Ohio. And, uh, so my family roots are up in the Northeast and, uh, my father worked for Billy Graham and then he was very influential in the, uh, cell church movement. Uh, I came to Christ when I was five years old, and uh, and I knew that God was calling me into the ministry by the time I was 12. I had a very unique moment at when I was 17 in Houston, Texas, during the Jesus Movement, and uh, uh, Love Song was uh, playing a concert, and some of you, if, you're, if your listeners know the name Love Song, that will age them. And uh, it was there God called me and he said, one day you're going to go where these guys are and you're going to plant a church. Hmm. So that became my North Star. And uh, after college and uh, uh, seminary, um, I eventually, my wife and I came out and we planted a church in 1984. Uh, We hit a real rocky spot uh, around 2000. And then... um, uh, uh, and then for 10 years, we uh, worked with Erwin uh, McManus and came under his leadership in Hollywood, and I worked with him. And then uh, in the last four years, I have been the head of a church revitalization initiative team for uh, the California Southern Baptist Convention. We have about 2,300 churches, and as you know, uh, about 80% of all our churches are in decline, and so... Mm. So uh, that's where I'm at right now. Okay. And, and I want to uh, spend some time, most of our, our conversation today, I want to spend around what you're doing with revitalization, because it's very, we're very interested. And I know our listeners 
Sure. Ship watchers are very interested in this. Sure. But I, I wanted to ask you about your pastoral ministry inside the confines of a church. Yes. Um, what What would you say as you look back on that season of your life, uh, Ralph, were maybe your top one or two challenges as a lead pastor? Well, I, you gave me this question and I've been thinking about it. And uh, I think I think if I were to be really honest, please do. <laughs> the The number one challenge for me was me. Hmm. It was my own insecurities. Wow. It was my own trying to find my way. And, and I have to say that I was my biggest challenge mm. uh, 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 in, in, in those, especially those formative years of ministry. The second thing was uh, uh, staff. Okay. Uh, dealing with staff and leading staff would have been uh, my number two. Can, can I ask you, how, how did you work your way through both of those? Like, let's take the insecurity piece for just a moment. Sure. Um, I can identify with that. I, I, um, I identify as a insecure young lead pastor. I was 29 years old when I became a lead pastor, very insecure. And uh, yes. I had to go through some stuff to work my way through that. How did you figure that Same out? Here. <laughs> How did you figure that out and get past that? Uh, I think uh, a couple of things were I had I, I had some good mentors along the way yeah. uh, that helped me. And um, I think having good mentors, especially during your 30s and 40s, 20s, 30s and 40s, different kinds of mentors in different seasons yeah. uh, really helped. I would also say uh, uh, some pretty hard stints of counseling mm. uh, uh, that I had to go through with uh, some key people that helped me understand uh, where my significance uh, was really rooted. Yeah. And, um, uh, and so I think those kinds of experiences really, uh, really helped me. Yeah. Um, I've always been attracted to older pastors and learning from them. Hmm. And I think that that was probably one of my saving graces that helped me through a lot of those uh, difficult times. Yeah, that's, that's so true. You know, there's, uh, I think about the people and I can remember those people in my life. Yes, yes early you do. On. I don't, I don't really remember too many sermons I heard early on or, but I remember people who were speaking into my life uh, in in, the, in those ways, you know. And you said you said something about significance, and uh, I think I don't know if you agree with this or not, Ralph. But I I think one of the biggest challenges for a pastor, for anybody uh, really, but for a pastor especially, is learning to work from our identity, not for our identity. Absolutely, absolutely, and. Um... It's easy to say it's hard to learn. Yes. That, uh, in fact, when when I do when I do workshops for church revitalization, I take that verse that Paul says, "Christ who is your life, hmm. Christ who is your life." Boy, that that says it all. Yes. If anything else is your life, 
if, if the ministry is your life, you're going to be in, you're going to be in deep, deep, deep trouble. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, I try to pound that into young pastors, Christ who is your life period. Right. And I know that's simple, but it's a hard lesson to learn. It is. I'm still working on that myself. Same here. Like almost every morning after I, sp- I get done spending time with the Lord, um, I, I rehearse several statements uh, like, God, I thank you that my identity is not what I do for you. My identity is that I'm adopted Amen. by you into your family. God, I thank Amen. you that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, that you're pleased yeah. with me uh, yes. before I lift a finger today. And I'm trying to train my, my mind yes. to, to think like that. So I think that's a, that's a big deal. I think that's a, a big hurdle for a lot of us who lead. Um, Ralph, tell us about what you're up to in California with church revitalization. Give us, you know, you know, what's happening there. Um, what's going, what's going good there. What's where, what's struck, what's are, are some struggles yeah. that you're having? If you don't mind sharing both sides of that. No. Um, I, uh, we're going to talk about, we may talk about this in another time, but, uh, something I've discovered I'm 68 and that is, uh, uh, and I've heard this from numerous sources that the sixties can be your most productive years. Mm. And, um, and I believe that God prepared me all my life for this. Um, uh, I, when I, uh, four years ago, Dr. Bill Agee, who is our executive director, uh, wrote a book called the predictability factor and created a, um, uh, a, uh, an evaluation tool to help churches uh, see where they are and to chart a course to where they want to go. Hmm. And we get eight pieces of data from uh, churches, and then we process them uh, through this uh, process, uh, which is built on metrics, and um, and it helps to give a pastor a five-year plan of mm. how to get out of where he's at to where he needs to go. Okay. And then what we do is we add what I call the secret sauce. And that is a monthly phone call with a mentor to find out where they're at, what's yeah. going on and where they need to shift course. Mm. And, uh, uh, and so we, we started that. We've got about 100 churches that are involved with us. Wow. We have 2,300. Uh, uh, we have many more that need it, but I'm finding that it's the, it's, it's, it's the rare pastor that really wants the help and is ready to do the hard work. Yeah. Why do you, Ralph, why do you think that is? That's fascinating to me that um, there are so many more pastors who could benefit from what you're trying to accomplish there. And, and yet there doesn't seem to be a wholesale like buy-in. What, what do you think is at the root of that? And <laughs> you, you know, can be, it's, and it's, you can be direct. You don't have to. Yeah. Stop yeah. 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 There, there's an old uh, evangelist that had great influence in my life. His name was Manly Beasley. And uh, he was from Louisiana And he said something once to me that I'll never forget. He said, Ralph, people don't change until they are desperate. Mm. 
And I have seen this over and over again in revitalization. It is the rare pastor that, um, uh, that sees the problem, is willing to accept it, and then either has the capacity or the willingness, both of which are needed, to redirect the ship. Mm. And, um, uh, and, and when, you, when I find a pastor like that, then I just, I latch on to them because they're learners yeah. and they're willing, they're willing to say, I have a problem. Uh, many pastors I find, uh, not all, but many pastors I find uh, uh, don't want to admit that they have a problem and they don't right. want to admit that they need help. Yeah. And so I, I would say, I would say that's one thing I uh, just be quite honest with you. Uh, the pastoral ministry can become one of the easiest places to get lazy mm. and just coast. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, I preach every Sunday. That's what I do. And uh, that's all I want to do. Yeah. And so I think uh, laziness can also be a problem that I, I find. Um, so those are a couple of things that I've observed. Yeah, that's really fascinating. You know, we, we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about the other side of that spectrum of work, uh, workaholism. Yes. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, see that as a, a major issue with a lot of leaders. But the truth is that there are some that we uh, have bumped into along the way who have that other issue of, of they're on the laziness spectrum. And, and what we try to tell pastors is workaholism and laziness will send you into the ditch at the same rate of speed. You'll, right. They will put you, health is in the middle yes. uh, and helping pastors to find that. So that that's fascinating. What do you think, you know, other than overcoming that reluctance to ask for help, what would you say, Ralph, are maybe a couple of main contributors to successfully revitalizing a church? Now, I think you mentioned that you you give churches a plan, right? You you do some assessing right. and you give them a plan. Are there right. other pieces to a successful endeavor with a church that wants to revitalize that you think that, would be important to talk about? Absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you what: revitalization is a calling, mm. and um, and if the first thing we talk to a pastor about is number one, confirm the calling of your ministry, yeah. your personal calling. Are, are you called to be a pastor? Number one. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that that's a very important question. But the second thing is, uh, are both you and your wife committed to the place where you're serving now to turn that around because it's not going to be easy, right? It's going to, it's going to probably be an eight year process. You're going to have a lot of ups and downs. It's not going to be easy. So are both you and your wife committed to this? And, and listen, I, I tell you what, if, if the wife is not in it with it, then I, I tell them back away. Don't, don't, don't lose your family over this. Right. Because it's a calling. It really is. And it, and it is not easy. Dr. Agee says in his book, The Predictability Factor, that the most dangerous journey on the planet is the journey of the pastor. Hmm. 
And it has never been more dangerous than this past 18, 20 months. And I agree with that. 100%. It's interesting. You said eight years, an eight-year process. I can almost hear our our listeners and watchers (laughs) get a knot in their gut when they hear that it takes that long. Because, you know, we want to, you know, we want the quick the quick fix, right? We want this thing to be fixed in a year or two years. And, and what I hear you saying is it's a much longer journey than that. Yes. And there are times when it'll be shorter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times that uh, uh, it, 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 you know, it's longer, but you have your, uh, this goes back to your identity. If your identity is in the success of the numbers every Sunday, yeah, and you're going to, you're going to drown very quickly in this, in this sea. Yeah. So, so Ralph, if uh, you could give a couple of next steps to our listeners and watchers who are, who are pastors who are in that mode of revitalization, uh, what, what would you say, Hey, here's a couple of next steps that would be just very practical and steps in the right direction to start your journey. If it were me, I would say have a very hard and frank conversation with your wife. Okay. And and say, honey, we need we need to decide whether God has called us and whether God has called us here to this church. Are we called to this? And um I, I would I would begin one of the things I started, and I'm not saying every pastor should do this, but we just did this when we got married. My wife and I have prayer and conversation every morning. Mm. That that is the first thing we do, and uh, and sometimes those prayer and conversations turn into long conversations. And mm. um, but I think there needs to be some real soul searching. And, and, and especially right now in post-COVID to confirming yeah. your call, your call to the ministry and your call to this church yeah. and get it settled. Don't, don't go back and forth. Yes. Right now, I'm watching pastors that are going back and forth. That's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. God's called you there, confirm it and stick with it. And if he's not, then find someplace else. Yeah. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is that you you have to find a strategic plan. I don't don't care how you do it. And let me tell you something, just preaching is not going to revitalize your church. I'm preaching is an important part, but preaching alone is not gonna revitalize your church. I wish I could tell you prayer revitalizes your church. Prayer will revitalize your heart, Mm. but it may not help grow your church. Right. I'm not saying prayer isn't important and preaching isn't important. They're both very important. Right. But you have to find a strategic plan that will help you move forward and the people that can help you do it with you. Mm. And then along with that, along with the strategic plan, comes the disciplined execution. Yeah. The disciplined execution is critical so that when you you wake up on Monday morning, 
you know exactly what has to happen that week in order to move the ship forward. Yeah, I love it. And and that 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 disciplined execution, uh, and it's got to be rigorous. Mm-hmm. That's why we have a consultant with every church because it's just easy to get off course. That's right. Uh, that's right. And I, you know, uh, there's so much going on my in my brain right now that you can't see um, as <laughs> as you're talking, Ralph. Um, you know, we we use the the mantra: you you need both spirit and system. Yes. To thrive. Yes. If you have only one or the other, if you all have all spirit and no system, you'll have chaos. If you have no spirit in all system, you'll be dry as a bone. Yep. Yep. Um, they're not against each other. They don't fight against each other. They can be, they can be a beautiful hybrid. And, Come on. <laughs> and so we, we, uh, we say that so much. I think sometimes uh, the, the uh, leaders that we work with get tired of it, but we really truly believe uh, that that is true. And then this whole idea of being disciplined in your execution is, uh, is just, it's music to my ears because you know, another thing that we work very, very hard with in our, in our network, Ralph, is, is helping pastors have a disciplined approach to work. Yes. So that when they come to the office on Monday morning, they hit the ground running. So yes. one of the things we ask them to do and is to or encourage them to do is to plan their week out, like take Saturday morning, take a half hour and just plan your week Absolutely. So, so that when you get to the office, you're not wondering about what should I be working on? What should I be doing? You know? Yep. Yeah. And uh, so I, when you said that, it just made I just was amening you on the inside because I've, I've observed this and I know this was true of me as a young guy. I didn't really have a good approach to work. Yes. And I didn't learn that. I wasn't taught that in, in college. I didn't, and I'm not uh, disparaging college. I learned a lot of great things in college, but that was one thing I didn't learn was how do I actually think down the road, have a game plan but then bring it back to weekly execution. And I've had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. I think uh, one of the books that I'm sure you recommended too is The Four Disciplines of Execution. Uh, that book uh, uh, has helped me so much in, uh, in leading my staff where we're headed. Mm. And, and so uh, I, I totally agree. And I totally agree with the thing of the spirit and 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 systems. Um, you can't both both are needed. Yep. And um, I find I find that people either fall pastors fall on one side or the other. Yes, if they're yes. not if they're not growing, they lean back on the on the spirit side uh, so that they don't they don't feel like they're bad. Mm. And then. Uh, if they're if they're so metric oriented, then uh, uh, then it, you're right. There are two ditches, and if you fall into either one, you you won't you won't be successful. Yeah. So Ralph, we could talk about so much 
more in this area of revitalization. I know that we're just scratching the surface, but we're we're kind of butting up against our time. If if somebody who's listening or watching today wanted to reach out to you and and, and pick your brain a little bit, would that be okay for for us to offer Absolutely. that to our those that are listening and watching? We do. Uh, uh, we do. Uh, it's the, the process is called count the cost mm. and, uh, and it's an assessment and we will, we are doing assessments, not only for pastors in our own convention, but for people all over the United States, this has been mm. done all over Love the it. world. So if they wanted to reach me at, uh, uh, our neighbor at csbc.com neighbor is spelled B O U R, uh, the English spelling. They can do it, and we would be more than glad to uh, send them the eight key uh, uh, metrics that we need to help them move yeah. forward. And Ralph, we'll put the, we'll put your email in the uh, show notes uh, for this episode, so folks can find you if they would so uh, like to do that. Well, Ralph, I know that um, there's there's another thing on my mind. I wonder if you would stay with me for another episode. I, I really want to talk to you about this whole idea of getting ready for retirement. Pastors, you know, what sure. am I going to do? How sure. am I going to manage that next season of my life? I think it's I think it's something that we haven't talked about at all, really. Yes. Uh, Church Big C, we've really just dropped the ball there, and I think it's such an important subject. So, would you would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. Would love to, John. All right. Awesome. Well, listen, those of you who are watching and listening today, you know how much we love you. Uh, we care about what's going on in your personal life. We care about what's going on in the church that you serve. If you need uh, somebody to listen to, somebody uh, that will talk to you, encourage you, we're here for you. You can reach out to us at convergecoach.com and select the contact us link. We have contact us links all over our website. And uh, that will give you an opportunity to spend 30 minutes with us, no charge, no obligation uh, uh, to us at all. And if we can't help you, we can put you in touch with somebody you can. So we hope that you're encouraged today uh, by our guest, uh, Ralph Neighbor. And we just want to encourage you to hang in there, uh, stay at it as you continue to lead from alignment.